Binge Mode Star Wars. It's presented by State Farm. You know those days when it feels like problems just pop out of nowhere? I sure do. And the helpful folks at State Farm do. Like a fender bender when you're already late. Or a thief breaking into your home, making off with your new flat screen TV. Luckily, there are more than 19,000 agents who are there for you. Because when it comes to auto and home insurance, State Farm agents are ready to help. Find an agent today at statefarm.com. Today's show is also brought to you by Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, the new action-adventure game from Respawn Entertainment. Taking place between Star Wars Revenge of the Sith and Star Wars A New Hope, players will wield a lightsaber, hone their force powers, and adventure across the galaxy in hopes of rebuilding the Jedi Order. Become a Jedi in Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Available now on Xbox One, PS4, and PC. Rated T for Teen. We want you to stay. The community's grateful. You can pack all this away in case there's ever trouble. Binge Mode could contain all of the adult content and spoilers that you want. It could be a podcast for a while. Wouldn't that be nice? I would. And now, Binge Mode. How did my father die? A young Jedi named Darth Vader, who was a pupil of mine until he turned to evil, helped the Empire hunt down and destroy the Jedi Knights. He betrayed and murdered your father. Now the Jedi are all but extinct. Vader was seduced by the dark side of the Force. The Force? The Force is what gives the Jedi his power. It's an energy field created by all living things. It surrounds us and penetrates us. It binds the galaxy together. Hello! Yeah! Welcome. Binge Mode Star Wars. Proudly a part of the Ringer Podcast Network. Woo! I'm Mallory Rubin, Editor-in-Chief of TheRinger.com. Oh, what a great website. Oh, it's great. It's great. Joining me today, now that he's finished brewing a fresh batch of spotchka for his sweet Omera. And I pay for it. I don't steal it. I pay for the krill. It's Ringer Senior Creative, your Jedi Master, Jason Concepcion. Mal, Binge Mode is very happy to be here. And how could it not be with the ponds and the krill and the binge mode Star Wars where we're exploring the Skywalker saga, the anthology films, and numerous other facets of a galaxy far, far away from character studies on iconic Star Wars archetypes to discussions of the Mandalorian. Yeah. And more. All leading up to the release of Star Wars Episode 9, The Rise of Skywalker, December 20th. Please make the journey to Sorgan, beautiful planet, mm. with us by Hopefully. subscribing to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Google Play even. And please rate and review us. Give us the five-star ratings. Do it. Or we will send Clatuinian raiders after you. They're not much without an ATSC, but beware. Maybe we'll send one of those too. Please also join us on Twitter and Instagram at binge underscore mode, a.k.a. the underscore, and join our Facebook group, which is just for binge mode fans and which is an excellent place to submit questions for the next binge mode mailbag. 
please head to theringer.com slash shop. Check out our brand new binge mode merch. George thinks you'll hate it. I hated it. He knows you hate it. <laughs> Last time on Binge Mode, we explored the Mandalorian Chapter 4, Sanctuary. Sanctuary! <laughs> Today. That's a very old movie reference. It's wonderful. Yeah. Do you know Actually, how little Baby Yoda feels about the, I don't the reference? Know. <laughs> He's 50. He is. Well, even then, Hunchback of Notre Dame. It's like an 80-year-old movie. He's had time to watch yeah, films, though, movie. you know? And today, we're diving deep. Deep! Into another Ask the Underscore ah! Star Wars mailbag. Thank you, as always, for the truly glorious questions. You always come through. Spoiler warning, as always, we will be going deep on details from the entire Star Wars saga to date, taking official canon and Legends canon into account. So kiss your brother. But it's always for a reason. Yeah, because you want to fuck your brother. No, the first well, time was like for luck. And well. maybe she was thinking about it. <laughs> and then the second time was like, I'm trying to make Han mad. Yeah. And what's a little incest on the way to jealousy? It's you a, know, it's a very light incest. dusting of incest. <laughs> <laughs> On the Lannister scale, yeah, certainly. for sure. <laughs> because it's time to ask the underscore. Number one, yeah. Alex. Dark question. We got a lot of really grim questions. Would you slaughter the younglings if it meant protecting the LBY? My answer to this question oh uh, is yes. With pleasure and a quickness, and I, I will admit that I am alarmed by how quickly I shouted aloud. Yes, of course. I have to protect Baby Yoda at all costs. At all costs. And here's the thing. Here, here's the thing. With the, with <laughs> <laughs> couple things. One. Yeah. With the younglings, I know this that incredible. Anakin did it. Okay, and he found his way back. He found his way to redemption. So maybe I could too. Two. That's a great point that I I (laughs) am eager to talk about as we go forward in this podcast, the overall series. But I'm gonna. I know I'm I'm gonna more ready to forgive Anakin than you are. I think. And then two, because the younglings are Padawans, they're training to become Jedi Knights. They are one with the force. The force is one with them. I'm going to tell myself you're gonna, so you're that gonna they are going to become one with the cosmic force. Inc- They'll be fine. This is incredible, <laughs> and I am troubled. So you're going to, let me just get this straight. You're going to walk up <laughs> the steps of the Jedi Temple. Yeah, yes. The you five, go to the, the younglings, you go to the me. youngling dormitory. They're all in there. You hear them, yeah. Doors swing open. They look at you. Master Mallory. General Rubin. This, this is so troubling. Here's the thing. Do I want to kill the younglings? No. Alex is making you. Alex is making me. He's forcing a terrible burden and choice upon me. And I absolutely have to protect little baby Yoda at all costs. I have to. I, I, I love I, him. I would need to know the circumstances because this feels like... Palpatine level, like knowing what your buttons are. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like, Alex, are you Chief Palpatine? Because I, <laughs> I feel no, like you successfully people, turned Mallory Rubin to the dark side. All of the people who sent me the, you can only protect one ghost or little baby Yoda or ghost Lamar or little baby Yoda questions, they're the Palpatines. That's true. Well, here's, here's the thing for me. 
take me instead. If you're asking me who I would protect. Yes. Yeah. I think that's a very different calculation than with my hand, I must then slaughter the children. I can't do it. But if, you could slaughter if, Baby Yoda? No, I'm not, read that. Would you slaughter <laughs> all the younglings yeah. if it meant protecting sure. the LBY? But what Who's is harming the LBY? What, that's on them. <laughs> that's is, their, no. Yes, that's on no. them. I'm not slaughtering. It's implied in our mandate. That's how you're going to justify your inaction to yourself. It's not my inaction. You I stood refused. by and no. let baby Yoda die. I'm not standing by. That's on the evil person who would kill baby Yoda. What about Petro, (laughs) Glyph, Gnodi, Gunji? I've I've walked miles down the road with them (laughs) and I can't do it. I can't do it. Let's play out a hypothetical. We're in a very real situation. We're in the Mandalorian chapter four, Sanctuary. Yes. Little baby Yoda. And we said we would never mention this again. And yet Alex has forced us again to think about it. Little baby Yoda is in the crosshairs. Right. Okay. So a very real situation has presented itself where you can protect him. And not protecting him means, I'm not even going to say it, but you know what it means. Not protecting him means he dies. And you turn around and they say to you, all these little beautiful children in the krill farming village, you know what I say? I'll drown them in the fucking pond. This is unbelievable stuff, right? (laughs) Unbelievable. I'm sorry. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it, but I have to protect Baby Yoda. I have to. I love him more than almost anything in the world. Right now, my top three. This is number one. This is unbelievable. Number two, Lamar Jackson. Number three, little Baby Yoda. That's my whole heart right now. The Jedi have been corrupted. I'm seeing it before my eyes. I don't know what's happening. In my here. view. <laughs> in my view, the younglings are evil. Well, then you are lost. Um, I don't know. I just couldn't let I, I harm, harm I Listen, I understand. Him. He's I beautiful. I love him. I think he's the cutest ever. Could I slaughter the young? I couldn't do it. And the path to redemption, like, I'm not even going to go into that <laughs> deep dive right now, but I have thoughts on the redemption of Anakin Skywalker. I look forward to discussing them with you at a later date. Yes. Thanks for tearing us apart, Alex. Number two, Mary Tunison asks, with the announcement of a Jedi Temple game show coming to Disney Plus, what event or challenge would you like to see contestants attempt? So a little background before we answer this. Couple of the notable snippets from the Jedi Temple announcement this week. Quote, Star Wars Jedi Temple Challenge, an exciting new Disney Plus game show set in a galaxy far, far away. We'll test young contestants' abilities and the core Jedi principles. <laughs> now, every time I think of young people, I think I'm of the younglings I've slaughtered. This is tough. Anyway, we'll <laughs> test young contestants' abilities and the core Jedi principles of strength, knowledge, and bravery as they face thrilling and fun obstacles in an attempt to achieve the rank of Jedi Knight. From lightsabers to hyperspace, the Force and the dark side, Jedi Temple Challenge transports viewers and contestants into the Star Wars galaxy like never before. The second snippet that we should share here. Quote, this is definitely a kids game show like no other, says Lucasfilm Senior Director of Online Content and Programming, Mickey Capaferi. The various challenges will test a Padawan's connection to the Force in three locations. A forest planet, onboard a Jedi Star Cruiser, and inside a Jedi Temple, immersing them in the audience in a fun, humorous, and exciting competition. Okay, so those are the ground rules there. I love it. What are you going with? So the first, for general, I would have some kind of trivia Mm -hmm. segment. Okay. And these would be done while performing Jedi feats. For instance, you would do a handstand Mm -hmm. while answering questions 
while a puppet Yoda stands on your foot and heckles you. I see. This is good. So like someone's force choking you and you have to get the question no, right in time or you expire? No, no. It's just like the basic, like this is the Padawan training Yoda style. Right. Dagobah Jedi, style. Jedi CrossFit. I dig it. I yeah. love it. So do you, you know, get the tank top? Rocks. Do you get the tank top? The Luke tank top. You get the Luke tank top if you want it. And so there'd be, you have to concentrate and you also have to answer the questions. So there'd be like some kind of retina reader where you have to like look at some screen or some point or the rocks or something. And the technology would be such that they know if you're focusing on the thing that you're lifting and then they they would use like, you know, invisible strings to lift the rock mm, and stack mm-hmm. it. Meanwhile, Puppet Yoda is like, yes, strong you are, clear your mind, all that kind of stuff while, <laughs> while they ask you questions. I love and it. then, you know, there'll be all sorts of things that happen to distract you, like, R2-D2 will start going crazy because the X-Wing is sinking. And mm. it's like all these things will happen. He'll okay. get swallowed by a— No. By a, but then spit out. Only if you get it right. It, okay. Those are the stakes. For my forest planet— Yeah. Do you remember Guts? Oh, my God. Do I remember <laughs> Guts? <laughs> I am offended. <laughs> when I was a kid, I would come home from school. I would make myself— Two cans of soup in a giant Tupperware. So nothing that has I changed. Eat together. In other words, nothing has changed for <laughs> Valerie Rubin. Giant, just vat of soup, and I would watch Guts. It's great. Endor Guts. That's all I have to say. Oh, man. Right? I, I Incredible. Love this. Yes, I love this. And then the end, instead of the mountain, like there'd be like all the Ewoks sitting there, like in judgment of you or something. Right. You know, like. But so, it, yeah, that's it. Endor Guts. That's the elevator pitch. Oh, it's wonderful. Oh, it's wonderful. <laughs> so, you know, various whatever athletic feats mm-hmm. all within the theme of Forest Moon Vendor. Do the speeders explode? I, they wouldn't explode, but I guess like confetti would come out or something, you know? It's great. That's great. And then for the Jedi Star Cruiser, then let's see your teamwork. Mm-hmm. It'd be like yeah, a flight yeah. simulator. So like one person's the captain, the other person's navigator, the other person's doing this. And then you'd have to like, uh, you know, Kobayashi, not to mix the metaphors here, but Kobayashi <laughs> Maru, the situation, like there'd be different, some kind of, whether it's an attack or a rescue or whatever, and you'd have to like work through it. So are your crew members in that case, your competitors on the Jedi Temple Challenge or are they other people who come in just for the sake of your simulation and then your competitors running an entirely different That's what it, yes that's nice. what it would be I like it I like it right. okay these are great um two kids of soup and watch guts <laughs> delicious soup I lo- I just love soup so much <laughs> it's a lifelong <laughs> passion of mine <sighs> oh. <laughs> I, love, I love how mad you got when I said, do you remember Guts? Guts was a very important part of my formative years. Guts, man. Elemental to my childhood. Okay, so forest planet. I have a couple options here. One, if we want to go forest moon and mm-hmm. my challenge, it's not just physical. I love this. Can you convince the locals that your ally is a god <laughs> and then convince the locals to allow you to use them in your war. This is, you've gone dark today, this Mal. This is a strategy. <laughs> <laughs> this shows your cunning, your ability to understand both ally and foe alike, the circumstances that you find yourself in, how to make the most of what is on offer. Okay. Is the dark side stronger? No, no. 
quicker, more seductive. But this is important because look at all of the things that they said they're testing. You yeah, know, lightsaber, no, 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 I like the force, this. the dark like side, etc. Yeah. Okay. My next one, if we want to go strict farce planet, take the moon element out of consideration, we go to Kashyyyk. Mm, wonderful. You have to evade Order 66 oh, and execution. So all of a sudden... <laughs> I've never seen Isaac shake his head at me so much in one recording. We're only 15 minutes in. (laughs) You're out there, okay? You're in the throes of battle. All of a sudden, your fellow soldier Mm. turns on you and everyone around you. Can you make it to the escape pod and get out of there alive? And can you do so while still making time for a meaningful farewell? With your Wookiee pal. Oh, that's fun. So this, this tests a lot. Yeah, I like it. You know, ingenuity, speed. Jedi Star Cruiser aspect of this. I'm going to loosen this. Okay. Really, any kind of ship-based task. I have a few I'd like to see on the show. One, if we go with the New Hope element. This is obvious, but why this outsmart ourselves here? This is Let's great. give the people what they want to see. We need to hit the thermal exhaust port that's and destroy so the Death Star challenge. It's, it's so good. And if you succeed, do you know how you know? It's not just that the Death Star in front of you explodes. It's that all of a sudden you hear out of your right ear, what? <laughs> <laughs> the sound of victory. Also, I would love a ship-based challenge that replicated the plot of Clone Wars Season 2, Episode 20, Death Trap, a.k.a. young emo Boba clone son infiltrating the Jedi ship, the Alliance ship, and wreaking havoc. I love it. So the reason that this would be such an interesting challenge is because a lot of things have to be contended with at once. The explosion goes off. Boba sets off the explosion. Boba tries to kill Mace Windu, okay? The explosion goes off. The ship is going down. The ship is breaking apart. Here are the things you have to think about. The clone cadets are on board, okay? Ah, And this is separate from the would you slaughter the younglings thing entirely. You got to protect the future of your army, okay? Get the clone cadets into the escape pods. Also, who set off the explosion, Jason? You're you among friends. Out. You got to find I out. Love it. So it's an investigation as well. I love it. Your ability to sleuth, your ability to detect, deductive reasoning. These are important traits for a Jedi. They say they're peacekeepers, but often they're cops. They're detectives, <laughs> space cops. You also, because this, your, your ship is going down, okay? Couple people, that stubborn admiral going to volunteer to go down with it. And then you have to go rescue them. And when you rescue them, you have to evade the bounty hunters who are after you because they want to confirm the execution, the failed execution, ultimately, if you've done your job, folks, of Mace Windu. A lot of moving parts. Basically tests every aspect of what being a Jedi is. I think this would be fun. And then if we want to throw the Falcon in. Why not? Why the heck wouldn't we, folks? Let's do the Kessel Run. I mean, let's do the That's Kessel Run. Let's, that is actually good. Let's do the Kessel Run as a simulation and see if we can get it done in 12 parsecs. That's actually Without great. falling into the maw. I'm going to add one more just for fun if we're throwing them in. Dex's diner, but in the style of the video game Overcooked. So you have to, there's all these dishes coming out and you got to put them together and then you got to deliver them to yeah, the diners. I love it. Or Dex, who's over there scratching his butt crack. Pull up your pants. Disgusting. We've talked about this before, but pull up your pants. You're serving We'll food. get mad. You're serving food. It's great. 
some Jawa juice. My Jedi Temple one oh, would be Jesus. based on the plot of Clone Wars Season 2, Episode 1, mm. the Holocron Heist. Protect the Holocron Vault in the archives in the Jedi Temple on Coruscant from the incursion Jeez. of the homie Cad Bane and his droid Toto 360. They're infiltrating there, attempting to steal a holocron. These holocrons are always getting heisted. That's the, that's the issue with these holocrons. There's a lot here because it's it tests your awareness. It tests your ability to sense, to use the force to sense friend from foe, right? To know when deception is being deployed against you. To be able to recognize the difference between a battlefield and your own home base and when one becomes the other. And also to make choices. Choices. Can you save everyone? Probably not. You can't, yeah. Which way are they going in the air ducts? Let's find out. Can you trust technology? Who can say? Et cetera. And then what happens if you don't get it? You got to go pursue. I love it. And then finally, Jedi Temple. First Jedi Temple. OG Jedi Temple. Let's go to Octo. Can you stop Yoda from lighting the tree on fire? He wants to. I know he does. But can you stop him? And here's the thing. You know how you really win? You realize that he's supposed to do it. I love it. That's the real test. Number three, Michael Van Dorp. You're on a mission to hunt down the rebels, wipe them out, Mm. man, and restore order to the galaxy. What three villains do you pick across any era to accomplish this assignment? What battalion of troopers do you choose? Battle Mm. droids, stormtroopers, first order troopers. Okay, so this was a tough one. But ultimately, here's where I landed. Vader. Great pick. You got to take him. I think you have to take him. I think this was everything stems from. Don't overthink it. Take Vader. Clear number one draft pick. Anything else is cute for the sake of being cute. I considered for my second pick Kylo because I I was drawn to the idea of how eager Kylo would be to please his granddad Mm. and how fully he would commit to the mission as a result. But ultimately, too moody, Mm -hmm. too volatile. I can't have it. I went instead with the Grand Inquisitor character from Star Wars Rebels. Now, you'd be within your rights to say, hey, I'm pretty sure the Grand Inquisitor's plot ended with the Grand Inquisitor dying. It did. You wouldn't be wrong, Jason, but I would just counter by saying, sometimes you have to be willing to give your life to pursue the task at hand. And the Grand Inquisitor's job was specifically hunting down Jedi, pursuing Jedi, identifying, finding the location of The enemy, this is a character specifically focused on this task. Find, eliminate. There's no, oh, do I sense my uh, family members or any other thing that's going to come? Oh, my, the pull of (laughs) my past on Mandalore. No complications here. Focused fully. Then I'm going to pick HK-47 because I want a droid on my team. Merciless assassin who could find any Jedi and eliminate the Jedi in an instant. My battalion pick is the, the this, is this, obvious. Is, this is the obvious pick. The 501st also, Battalion. It's the easiest. They're the best soldiers in the galaxy. AKA Vader's fist. We all have the tendency from the original trilogy to make fun of the stormtroopers. They can't hit any targets. These Guess are different. What? These are different. 501st Elite. Clones. The Legion. Elite. This is, right. These think of, the, think of the, the clone the, army right. when they were at their peak. Before they started washing out, these are the fat clones, the DNA, fat clones with a lifetime of experience during the Clone Wars, then become the the first era of really hardcore stormtrooper troops directly under Vader. This is an easy pick. Rex's the best team so- here, best cream, cream of the crop, the and they're going to be on a team with Vader. Yes, working with their boss. I love all your picks. What do you got? I have Vader as well. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's obvious. Look, he gives you. 
The full package. Everything. Sith Lord, Force ability. Prodigy. Prodigy, strategic and tactical thinking. He can fly. He understands how to command armies, yes. combined armies. And he knows how to innovate. He knows how to, he's, There's going to be a game plan, but Vader's going to always be ready and willing to adjust. And he's ruthless. He's absolutely ruthless. Next, I'm going to go with Jabba. Here's my reasoning. The Hutt? Jabba the Hutt. Because of the vast network of outlaws that he can command. Okay. Here's the thing. We've seen the limitations of imperial, no, like when it comes to just like invading and kill everyone, mm-hmm. great, we can do that. But the galaxy's huge. Mm-hmm. It's huge. Mm-hmm. Where are the rebels hiding? I don't know. Let's get a criminal mm-hmm. with a vast criminal network who can communicate with that network to figure out why the rebels are hiding. So you had the choice of picking any three characters to find the rebels and you went with Varys, the little birds. Intelligence is an issue. Here's the one problem with the Jabba pick. Tell me. Everyone hates him. So he's not, they're not going to want to work with him. You need people you, who can yeah, work yeah, as a Everybody team. hates him, and yet everybody continuously tries to work with him. The Empire had to work with him. Out everybody of, out of greed and necessity. You have your pick of anyone here. Well, I'm picking Jabba. And then also, the Rebels are going to know you're after them. That's right. Okay? Constantly on the alert. Mm-hmm. They're going to literally sniff out Jabba immediately because no, 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 he but he's not. He's not going to go himself. Jabba's not mobile. Jabba's sitting like <laughs> on his rolling platform in this base. But Jabba is going to be like, oh, I know the perfect bounty hunter. I know the perfect spy. I know the perfect smuggler to act as a courier. Oh, I'm just delivering cargo to the rebel base. And then bingo, you got him. And then you send Invader mm-hmm. and my third pick, Thrawn. Mm. I have a take here. All right. Tell but me. You, you, you go ahead. Well, and this, here's what Thrawn gives you. An ability to put yourself in the enemy's shoes and think like the enemy and understand what makes the enemy tick. Here's why this is a bad pick. Okay. I love it. Thrawn or Vader would be brilliant number one picks for your sure. team. You can't take them both. They're not going to work together well. I, You're not building I think a team. Figure. You're picking three individuals. I mean, this is the problem with the bad guys in general. I know, but I I assembled a team here of a leader. Again, Darth H-Fate. Vader, ever heard of him? I love it. And then the Grand Inquisitor. I love it. Used to working for the Empire to go pursue the Jedi who survived the Jedi Purge. In other words, used to following orders. And HK-47, again, out there following Revan's orders. The Battalion, obviously used to following Vader's orders. I have assembled a unit and you have assembled individuals. Well, I'm going to go no interest in working as a team. I'm going with, again, the galaxy is a big place. We can split up. <laughs> I'm going with, I think the three heaviest hitters that I can get. But I think, you know, your point is taken. You've put your finger on a, a real issue on the Imperial slash Sith side, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. everybody's just waiting until the moment that they can right. like turn on the person who they're supposed to be teamed up with. Yes. All the time. That's all they're doing. The second Darth gets Luke alone, it's like, yeah, you and me, we rule the galaxy as father and son. Forget this old fuck. Next. Number four. Traffic Mac. This is good. Asks, which performer has the highest war? Wins above replacement. Could do per movie or overall. Obviously, we'll be doing per movie. Even before your music pod, I would have thought that swapping John Williams with a replacement-level composer would hurt the team the most. Okay, this is fun. Let's go film by film. Who's your pick for The Phantom Menace? 
John Williams or Maul, but really it's John Williams. I pick John Williams as well. I think, first of all, you just have to pick John Williams for one of the films to honor the achievement and the impact of the score. And there's so much wrong with Phantom Menace. The (laughs) work of the composer is a rare thing that not only you never quibble with and never question, but actually elevates It would have been a disaster without him. It's kind of like... Duel of the Fates comes in and you're like, yeah, hell yes, yeah, this is God good. thank God he did this. You know, another movie like that is John Williams did Home Alone, which mm-hmm. I don't know if it's well known. That's a, John Williams just took your movie to another level and then a level above that level. And I think a that's, legend. that's absolutely the case with The Phantom Menace. Clones. We have the same pick here. Ian McDermott. It's easy. It has to be. Chewing the scenery like a teething dog. <laughs> Incredible. He is just having so much fun. And again, when you rewatch that movie and you think about what you would remove and then what works, most of the things that work connect directly to Palpatine. Who's having a great time? He's having so much fun. Who's having a great time? It's Ian McDermott. He's having a great time. So much fun. He's loving this. Also, there's an argument that given how little screen time the Emperor has in the original trilogy, building out Palpatine's character is one of the most important things that happens in the prequels. And Clones is Clones is the movie where you need that the most because <laughs> there are so many other problems. So specifically thinking about it as the in the wins above replacement equation yeah. there, it's clearly him. Revenge of the Sith. You and McGregor. Yeah, I have it too. Same. I mean, he's got to sell that um, the emotional impact you of the turn. It, that all happens through him. I loved you. And it works. He's fabulous. We didn't spend enough time in our prequel pods talking about how strong his performance is, but it's it's really wonderful. He's great. He's great. The scenes with him between Obi-Wan and Anakin are the heart of that film. Understanding Anakin's fall. These scenes with Anakin and Padme do not work the way that they should. And so it's all the more important that the Anakin Obi-Wan That's part exactly of it, it. That's exactly it. Crystallizes perfectly. And even though Hayden Christensen is a lot better in Sith than he was in Clones, Buffed Ewan McGregor up. is, oof, boy is he. Ewan McGregor's carrying it. Solo. We have it again. Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I crushing can't, it I as actually, L3. I think it really saves the movie in a lot of ways. Like She's she incredible. Just absolutely kills it. And provides a take on a droid that really has never existed in Star Wars before. It's just so original and great, and I can't imagine anybody else doing it. Yeah. There's such personality, such levity, such spunk, which is, again, she's actually not in the film for very long, so... And the physical acting behind the voice acting, too. Like, the way that L3 moves and the gestures she uses and the physical positioning, just, like, everything is incredible. It's incredible. It's like, when Shohei Otane debuted... And he amassed one war in one week because of his pitching and his hitting. It was like, oh my God, you project this over a full season and that's an MVP. Yeah. That's what it is with Phoebe Waller-Bridge and L3. You project that over a full film or trilogy of runtime. Should we have all been so lucky? Incredible. It's unbelievable stuff. Rogue One. I considered going with your pick. I came very close and then I, like I changed it. it. You go first and then I'll do mine. Uh, I picked Greg Fraser, the great cinematographer. Pick. Great pick. Gorgeous he, movie. Known for, he did Zero Dark Thirty, uh, other films. He, he's known for his like really grounded work. And I think that kind of feeling, a very you are there, verite, mm-hmm. grounded, naturalistic palette was really important for that film in particular. And I think that he he nailed that tone. I love that pick. That's a great one. Uh, I went with 
Again, I came very close to, to picking Greg Frazier. And then I went with Kathleen Kennedy. I mean, this is honestly, this is a great pick as well. Because it's a great pick. There was so much angst and agita around the project with the changes and, oh my God, the reshoots and barely anything we saw in the trailer yeah. ended up in the film and how much changed and, oh my God, are these anthology movies going to work? Yeah. And ultimately, at the end of the day, the choices that were made there and the final product that you saw as a result gave you confidence as a Star Wars fan that the IP was in good hands. Yeah, that's a good one. A New Hope. I can't separate the original trio of Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill, and Carrie Fisher. I, I just don't know how to do it. Like, I, I can't imagine it without any one of them. And their chemistry together is what carries the original trilogy, you know, in a large degree. I'd, I just don't know how to switch any of them out. It's hard. I spent a bunch of time last night watching, like, the old black and white audition videos where it's, like, oh, yeah. uh, sure. William Cat as yeah. Luke. And you can't see anybody else in the three roles, and I can't pick them out. Who did you pick? I went with Carrie Fisher, I see, specifically. I, mean, I can't argue with it. The heart of the film in a lot of ways. I'm saving my Harrison Ford pick for later. How <laughs> magnanimous of you. <laughs> she just injects the range that I think you need to really invest in the characters. Mm. You need to care about them as people. You need to care about them and understand them as archetypes. You need to be invested in the mythology around them, in the, the hero's journey and their arcs. You need to feel the sexual chemistry. You need to believe in the power. You need to believe in the intellect. You need to be drawn to them. You want to be friends with them. You want to be with them, et cetera. And I think she actually embodies that the best of all of them in the first film. Should say, I did consider picking George Lucas here. <laughs> because I was going to pick him as well. We don't have Star Wars I, without, I, I was without gonna, George I, Lucas. I, I, he was, he was the a other. new hope. That's actually probably the pick. <laughs> I was going to do it, and then I and then I didn't have Carrie Fisher anywhere else, which felt wrong. Yeah. So I went with Carrie Fisher, but George, we see you. Thanks we for everything you, you did. <laughs> uh, Empire. Lawrence Kasdan and Lee Brackett for the script for Empire Strikes hmm. Back. Oh, wow. Interesting. I think that Kasdan coming in to do the script for Empire is the single most important thing that's ever happened in Star Wars, other than George Lucas coming up with the idea in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I feel fairly strongly about that. The um, script is a masterpiece, and that movie great. is the best movie. It might not be your favorite, but it is the best movie beat in for beat. The series. Like it's just an incredibly important film because of the way it it looks backwards and forwards at once and connects the trilogy. And it changed our understanding of what Star Wars can be. Yeah, and. The, the result of that is that it changed our understanding of what stories can yeah. be. The that magnitude is, is massive. Empire is where it becomes truly like mythic, mm -hmm. like connecting to like Greek tragedy type of themes. I'll Incredible. go ahead and toss George in here as well then. Yeah. This will be where I get George in because letting go, taking the hand off the wheel a little bit, especially- flex by my guy. Especially be like, you know though, what? not directing. When we saw- what it looked like when he didn't do that with the prequels, you appreciate it more here with Empire than I think you ever have before. I think those are all great picks. I can't argue with them. I, I went with Frank Oz. Love this. This is a um, great one. Because, I mean, we listen, I've shit on Yoda a lot. <laughs> Prequel Yoda. Empire Strikes Back Yoda is, is incredible, is amazing. And it's so iconic that you really take it for granted now. Like, what an incredible performance that was. Like, he embodies that character, completely inhabits it and creates it, brings that puppet to life in a real way. And he's not just like doing a voice. He's like really acting and emoting and like conveying all these different ideas and different emotions to Luke. 
it's an incredible performance, and I don't know that there's another person who could have done it. I love that. Return of the Jedi. Harrison Ford. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to pick him for Empire because I think that Empire, most of all, is Han's movie. Mm-hmm. But... Couldn't do it for the reasons we just went through and had to pick Harrison Ford for one of them. That left me with Jedi. And there is a lot of Han in it. He's extraordinarily handsome, very charismatic. And also on the heels of him being, again, handsome and charming, but kind of a dick in the first two movies, (laughs) especially the first movie. This is where he really starts to soften, Mm. show a little more heart, and you can feel better investing in him to the extent that you already have. I'm going to change my pick. I'm going to go with Mark Hamill for this one. Wow. Wow. As the series progresses, the original trilogy progresses, he kind of becomes more stoic as he becomes more of a Jedi. Obviously, like he gets a measure of clarity, disconnects from his feelings. But I think that, you know, like that final duel and the final attempted seduction with the Emperor and Vader that was really raw. I I really felt that. The moment when he takes off the helmet, it's like, man, Death Star 2 is collapsing around them. He's like helping his father to the shuttle. It's like, that was really huge. And I think he was great in this. And and I think that the, the moment when he shows up at Jabba's palace and is like force choking people mm-hmm. and is like <laughs> with ease, Jedi mind tricking like Jabba's concierge. And then... That whole thing was a intricate plan to get all of them together on the execution barge. Like, it's just like incredible to see Luke's journey to that point. And I think so you really need Mark Hamill just carried a lot of weight in that Mm -hmm. movie. So I'm going to go with him. Interesting. That all makes sense to me. I went with the entire team behind BB-8. BB-8, the heart of this movie. Yeah. My favorite, as I've said many times before and will again, everything. The practical effects, the puppetry of it, the tech of it, the voice work, the sound design, all of it. Masterful. I love it. I went with Adam Driver. Mm -hmm. And I'll just spoil it. I went for Adam Driver for Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. I went with Adam Driver for Last Jedi. I just think. He's phenomenal. His war in these movies is so high above everybody else's. Mike Trout pace here. It's, re- yeah. it's insane. Tremendous. He is the best actor who's like ever been in a Star Wars movie. He's fabulous. We said it before. We'll say it again. He's so good. He's so good. <gasps> yeah, that's my last shot I pick as well. Okay. Should we say Mando just even, for the it's sake of it, baby. even though? <laughs> Whoever, like the, the entire crew behind making the puppet Remarkable. and bringing it to life and CGing its eyes and however they do that, we see you. Remarkable. Okay, number five. Ali Wahouse. What two characters would you want to see in a Star Wars rom-com? Oh, boy. What would their meet-cute be? What relationship hurdle would they have to clear to be together in the end? Mal, what do you got? This is insane. So, (laughs) hear me out. (laughs) So, the three things we have to establish are the characters, the meet-cute, and the hurdle. Characters. I went with... (laughs) Maz. Okay, I'm with you here. And General Hux. I am saying. <laughs> General Hux, who is directly responsible, or at least owns a fair share of the blame for yeah. the Bad guy. extermination of entire planets. Bad guy. <laughs> Power hungry. Literally, this character thinks he should rule the galaxy. Annihilated 
multiple planets. It's tough. However, I need my rom coms mm-hmm. to have real tension. You no, know? There will be. <laughs> and to, you know, hot, like minded people who meet and want to fuck, it's like, great. But really interesting sex here. What's so compelling about that? This meat cute. Here's how I see it. Hux is definitely the sub, right? (laughs) Like a guy who wants that much control in his private life. I feel like it would make it's like a Chuck Rhodes. I was just going to say, you're going full billions on me. It's a full Chuck Rhodes step on my chest with your stiletto and put a cigarette out on my face. That's how our Maz Hux rom-com opens is with Maz pissing on Hux. In the Rhodes family basement. <laughs> and then we pan back and right. we learn how they got there. The meat cube. Hux kicked out of the First Order because he can't stop butting heads with Kylo Ren. Supreme leader now. Soupies. Okay. He goes to the smuggler queen's Takodana Castle okay. to try to scavenge something. So he's there deliberately. He's not just hiding out. He's looking for something in her vast collection, vast hoard of treasures that could help him take Kylo down, that could help him uncover a new path to power. And instead, what does he find, Jason? Love. I love That's this. what he finds. The real treasure in this world, the real key to the future. The hurdle might be obvious, Maz, while she's got her don't talk about politics and my castle rule and in general wants to kind of prohibit engaging with that at all, she's obviously a great friend and ally of the resistance cause, Mm. whereas Hux is a power-mad fascist. And (laughs) until in my hypothetical scenario, Kylo kicks him out, a key member of the First Order. That will be tough for them to overcome. However, that's what's going to make it such a scintillating story. Watching Maz try to rehabilitate Hux, fall in love with him, feel guilty and, and full of shame because she loves this monster. Can they find their way forward in a world that doesn't want them to be together? Will they have to conduct their affair in private? Maz, who we know is just a wild woman out there in the jungle fucking anything that moves, and then Hux, AI Ashed, not breathing fuckstick who doesn't quit? I mean, imagine. It'd be a lot. I can see her pegging him for hours. <laughs> With Anakin's old lightsaber? Yeah, absolutely. Jesus. Disney Plus, green light this immediately. <laughs> green light this. Okay. What's yours? I'm going to go with L3, still in her body. Mm-hmm. And our friend Chopper. Oh my God, my fave. Part of the Spectre's crew. Wonderful. Rebels fame. Wonderful droid. Tons of attitude. Yeah, real promotion. Really, really rising in my droid power rankings He's quickly. He's great. A lot of attitude between these two. A lot of personality. So much attitude. Yeah. And so you could really see how it would happen, right? Because first of all, they're all together at the same time. Like they're all kind of contemporaneous with each other. The specters are doing some kind of operation to whatever, disrupt gangsters or disrupt imperial shipping. And they run into Lando in some gambling den and choppers there running around. And they just bump into each other in this outlaw cantina while the rest of the crews are like talking, you know, like doing some kind of deal. And And choppers like, I'll flip your switch. Immediately. L3 has never encountered another droid who is as plucky and independent 
but also like part of a team is Chopper mm-hmm. and there's that spark. Yeah. There's that spark. I love he's this. got he's got hands, he's got little arms too. Two little <laughs> arms so there's like they can hold Knows each how other. To use them. Yeah. Knows how to use them. And there would be chemistry off the bat. Does he take I, her to Chopper base right away? Not right away. But there's, you know, they separate then, but they can't stop thinking about right. each other and that yeah. and that and then the hurdle of course is L3 her body gets severely damaged beyond all repair and then gets uploaded into the Millennium Falcon. And so Chopper's plugging into the Falcon. Chopper's plugging into the Falcon. He's trying to spend time with her via the Falcon, but you know, their paths just separate after that because it's like, you know, so this is a tragedy. She's a ship on her own. Yeah, but it'd be sad, but it'd be beautiful. Now I'm upset. We were asked for rom-coms and you gave us a tragedy. It is a rom-com. There would be a lot of calm. This is devastating. With some sad rom at the end. It's beautiful. Return we will after word from our sponsors. Binge Mode Star Wars is presented by State Farm. State Farm agents know that sometimes life throws everything at you. At once. Like a fender bender when you're already late. When it comes to auto and home insurance, State Farm agents are there for you. Talk to one of our 19,000 State Farm agents via text, over the phone, in person, or using the State Farm app. Find one today at statefarm.com. Today's show is also brought to you by the Google Assistant. The Google Assistant is ready to help you get more done with just your voice. In the car, at home, and everywhere you take your phone. When you're driving and want to listen to this podcast hands-free, just say, Hey Google, play the latest episode of the Binge Mode Podcast. Sure, playing the latest episode of Binge Mode, Star Wars, The Mandalorian, Chapter 4, Sanctuary, Star Wars. Hey Google, pause podcast. A little help, hands free. Just say, hey Google, get started. And now back to Binge Mode. Number six. Yeah. Carrie Press asks, in light of LBY, what are the top five cutest characters in Star Wars? One LBY, two LBY, three LBY. I mean, obviously. It goes uh, so I have number one LBY. Come on. Okay. Of course. Of course. Recency bias. Doesn't matter. I don't even need to adjust for it. Recency it, primacy has no bearing on the fucking none. truth. Look at him. I would love to. He's 50. <laughs> there were two porgs. Yes. Love him. Wonderful. Love those big, beautiful eyes. Beautiful. Slight pest tendencies, mm. tearing up my couch and living inside of it. That's Don't fine. love that. I, I but do. I think I could build some kind of habitat for them. I love. They them. have spirit. They do. Ewoks. Yes, I love Ewoks. I always have. I always will. I think they're great. They're fearsome. You get a little bit of everything with the Ewoks. They're cute. They have a really interesting and fascinating culture. Yes, and they will absolutely tear your intestines out with a sharpened stick. Yeah. And, and they know how to them. make a feast. They roast a fresh fucking piece of party. meat over the open flame. Delicious. Gunji, mm-hmm. who you would happily slaughter. Well, not happily. I wouldn't be happy about <laughs> it. I would not be happy about it. I would be I despondent. Gunji. Forever tormented by my choice. The Wookiee youngling Gunji, who is just a delight. Adorable. I find him delightful. He's wonderful young Wookiee and... I wish we got more of them. And then the, the and then the ice foxes. I love the ice foxes. Oh, the ice foxes are so, so cute. cute. I know. 
precious. The, I'm, the only thing with the ice foxes is I, I feel like you'd have to leave them there. I'm not sure what you could, like, could you take them out of that environment? You know what I mean? I don't know. Do they want to be held and nuzzled? Yeah. Probably not. Probably but not. But you can follow them to the, right. the to break through the And they're the absolutely so cute. Precious. They, what do you got? sparkle. I have number one LBY, obviously. Again, great right, one. Just goes without saying. Baby Yoda is a fucking marvel. He's an icon. He's changed the world. He's changed culture. He's changed our lives. You know how they make those lists every now and then? It's like, what's the greatest achievement in human history? And it'll be like the right. like the Great Pyramid of Giza, the re- refrigeration, <laughs> right, right? You know, something like that. Like, what innovation really changed life? The, the microprocessor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The answer from now on is LBY. Baby Yoda. Yeah, it is Baby Yoda. Literally, has changed the course of history. Clear out the Smithsonian and just put Baby Yoda in there. <laughs> they well, they never put Jar Jar in there, so there's room. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, <gasps> because Great the question pick. said characters instead of creatures, I went with droids for my second pick. Obviously, some droids are, are fierce, but some of them are just darling. And yeah. I'm going to go with a subset of a top five for droids. BB-8, R2-D2, D.O. coming our way in the Rise of Skywalker. Mm. BB-8's buddy, D.O., looks fucking precious. Also, the D.O. is the name of my college newspaper, so shouts to the Daily Orange. BD-1, Buddy from Jedi Fallen Order, precious. And then the mouse droid, which is adorable, which I just love. Can I just, this is like going to say something weird about me, but I've always loved the power droids, the little square droids with the feet. One of them is getting its feet branded in Return of the Jedi. The gonk droids. The gonk droids. I love them. I think that they're really cute. And just like, you know, oh no! It's sad. It's sad, but they they can speak, which I like. Number three, Porgs. Love it. Love Porgs. Just darling. The sweetest faces, the sweetest sounds, those beautiful wide eyes looking at Chewie with such lament as he roasts their fellows. I think the fact that they want to nest in your home is just charming and endearing. You know, I want to be around. tearing up your furniture and living inside of it. Listen, you were at my home quite recently. You saw that multiple chairs in our home had duct tape on them because Halo has torn them to shreds. And my take on that is I can buy new chairs. But But Halo Halo can do whatever he wants. What if Halo chewed a hole in the drywall and was like living inside the walls? Well, I would not mind if he put a hole in the wall because I want him to be happy. If he chose to live in the wall, I would be devastated because I want him in my arms. Again, I love porks as well. I was just, it's like when you go to adopt a dog and they got, now listen, mm-hmm. this dog is, it's a lot. But I just want you to know not, that the, the, the question is not which Star Wars character do you want to live okay, with? Okay, that's it's just who's the cutest, right? right? And they're darling. Absolutely. Number four, Walklings. Baby Ewoks. Walklings. What can you do? Fucking precious. That's so great. darling. Those f- little fluff balls. It's like a cotton ball with a face on it. It is. It's just wonderful. I dry my hands with it. Wonderful. So sweet. So precious. And then my pick, uh, my number five pick is young Obi-Wan Kenobi because, again, the, Hello. Question, the question was the cutest characters. No one said creatures. Nice. I stand by the pick. Number seven, Derek Lazaro. Lucasfilm announces they are remaking the original trilogy and Binge Mode is in charge of casting it. Oh, my God. Hell, yeah. Given today's eligible crop of actors, who's your new Luke, Han, and Leia? What you got? Okay. For Luke, I'm going with Lucas Hedges here because I think he has two essential qualities. One, great young actor. Has a lot of range, a lot of ability to make you feel empathetic, to root for him, to mourn with him. Two, he can definitely pull off that was a farm boy before hitting it big vibe, which I think you need for Luke. You cannot cast 
and I'm saying this deliberately, seeing your pick, you cannot cast a full-blown heartthrob I'm doing it. star I'm as doing Luke it. Skywalker. I'm going you all can. the way. Go ahead. Chalamet. Can't do it. He was, w- listen. Can't do it. He's wrong you for watch the, the part. King? Did you watch the king? I've not seen it. And I love Chalamet. He's wrong for the part. The king was just, Joel Edgerton, I love you. I think he was a waste. Our pats was flames in that. He always But I will, he just like takes the most weirdest angle on a character and I love it. But, you know, Chalamet, I think he was wasted on the king a little bit. And I just love to see the kid cook. He's on a run right now. He's fabulous. keep it going. He's tremendous and I love him. He's not Luke Skywalker. You're watching Timothy Chalamet. You need to be watching Luke Skywalker. Let's watch this kid. (laughs) I think about the range of a performance like in Lady Bird, where he's like this complete Mm D-bag. To like Call Me By Your Name, where it's like heart and warmth. I think he has the range. I think you do it. He definitely has the range. He pops too much. I'd pop it. Let's let it you pop. Need someone who can bleed and blend right into the Tatooine sands. And my boy Lucas Hedges can do that. I think the key with Luke is you need somebody who has the has the capacity to be uber famous, but is still on the cusp of it. I don't know. Okay. What about Han? Lakeith Stanfield? What a fabulous pick. I love this. Yeah. Love this. This is a great one. Thank you. I appreciate it. A really mesmerizing presence in everything he does. He, I love he, his Instagram personality. He is the key ingredient for Han, which is he is effortlessly cool. Effortlessly. This is a great one. Effortlessly cool. I love this. This Um, is great. Who is your Han? I'm going with Joe Keery, a.k.a. Steve the Hare Harrington from Stranger Things. I think it's a little too, a little too pretty. No, no, I don't agree. And that's no shaded. Joe, I think he's, I mean, again, you're measuring against Harrison Ford. Yeah, but there's more of a... So he's handsome. Sure. But... You can do whatever you need with the hair. He's going to be able to rock any fit that you put on him. You know. What, what's the thing about Steve and Stranger Things? Unbelievable buddy chemistry with anybody they pair it's him true. with. So you know that he's going to fall into it right away with whoever you cast to play Chewie. He's going to have remarkable chemistry with Leia. He's going to definitely have that push-pull with whoever you cast as Luke where you believe that they're going to be best friends, but also that they're rivals. Like, he's the asshole jock in the high school and also the sweet boyfriend and babysitter. He has, I think, all of the contradictions and multitudes that Han contains, he has. He's cool and he's charming. Those are the two most important things. And the third most important thing is hair. He's got great hair. He does have great hair. I believe in the casting choice here. Okay. Leia, this is a tough one. Who do you This got? was really hard. I have a lot of, let's talk, we have a lot of similar picks, so let's go with those. I put down numerous talk, contenders about, here. I love, we both have Haley Steinfeld. I love do. her. She'd I be great. Her. Here are the, the people that I considered. Haley Steinfeld. Yeah. Sorsha Ronan. Zassi Bates. This is a great pick. Beautiful. Yes. Funny. Yes. Quick-witted. I like sharp, it. Sharp. Willing to put you in line if you need to be put in line. The kind of person who you believe other people would follow. Mm. She is my pick, I think, right now. I did also consider Zendaya, though I do think I that like the, Zendaya the as well. energy there has made me a little, a little too, too muted and low. I think that's a little too, like, Princess Leia who's, like, smoking spice spliffs. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> though that would be a great Star <laughs> Wars Euphoria match. Incredible, like, left turn. I think if we were casting this, like, five years in the future, Millie Bobby Brown would be the pick. But that it's too soon. I had Zoe Kravitz also. Well, as you know, I've already cast her as Ahsoka. That's yeah. the only reason that I didn't pick I, her here. 
she is in my my Star Wars. I'm going to come with one more uh, Florence Pugh. I like it. I think she's on the upswing. Known like you're like oh, if I haven't seen Midsummer, I've seen the Midsummer memes. Mm-hmm. I kind of know who she is. But, I watch Little Drummer Girl, but she's on the on the upswing. But she's going to be in a Marvel movie. That's the thing. Yeah, she's, she's in Black she's Widow. The next, she's so probably then, the next Black Widow. Yeah, but the, I mean, but it's the same parent company. I know. So it's seamless. Oh, now that I'm thinking about Marvel, how about Tom Holland? Ooh. That'd be an incredible one. He'd be good. <laughs> He'd be really good. That would be an amazing one. He would be good. He'd be a good Anakin if we were casting. Clones I can't wait. Again. So I can't wait for Cherry to come out in which he plays like yeah. a drug addicted, like Iraqi war veteran who goes on a crime spree to see that kind of like dark side range. Mm-hmm. But man, it, all of a sudden I like Tom Holland for Luke. It's a good one. That Our is good, good friend one. Tom, literally. Good friend Tom. So, okay, my formal picks. I'm going with Lucas Hedges, Joe Keery, and Zassi. Those are my picks. Yeah, I'm, sw- I'm switching. I'm going Tom Holland for Luke. <laughs> okay. Lakeith Stanfield for Han and Florence Pugh for Leigh. Those would both be fun movies. It would be. Number eight. Time for a special one here from our friends at State Farm. This segment of Ask the Underscore is presented by State Farm. You know those days when it feels like problems just pop out of nowhere as if they apparated? Sure do. Into your presence? Perhaps you support key? The helpful folks at State Farm do. Like a fender bender when you're already late. Or a thief breaking into your home, making off with your new flat screen TV. Luckily, there are more than 19,000 agents who are there for you. Because when it comes to auto and home insurance, State Farm agents are ready to help. Find an agent today at statefarm.com. Okay, so this question comes from Ilya Blinsky, who asks, your Quidditch starting lineup made out of Star Wars characters. Go! All right, so let's go position by position. Let's start with Keeper. Okay. Who you got for your Keeper? Jabba or Borgullet? I am on record <laughs> during our Harry Potter run <laughs> as saying you got to put the biggest person Guarding the hoops. I mean, you want size? Reminder: Hagrid couldn't find a broomstick. Well, that I'm not saying that we can find it. And you want to go with Jabba? Try and score on this guy. I can because he's going to sink <laughs> no, to the bottom won't. of the pitch. We're going to get. You're not even going to be able to find the broomstick. It's going to be absorbed into his tail. We're going to use Star Wars technology to imbue it with a huge log, and he's going to sit on it. Poor Gullet, by the way. I love it. Come on. The tentacles? He's out there. You're afraid to come near him? Yeah. Your own te- his own teammates are going to be afraid to come near him. You think he's using those tentacles? Hey, try and score on my team with the bull gullet. Lies, deceptions. With the bull gullet. He is going to, when your own... <laughs> When your own Quidditch players get near him, wrap those tentacles around them and rob them of their mental faculties. Listen, we came to play. That's all I have to say. I want a strong defense. Who you got? Ludicrous. I went with the only pick that makes sense for keeper. I went with Chewbacca, of course. I I love Chewie. I have him too. Now, you could throw that same Hagrid couldn't find a, a broomstick that could support his weight line right back at me, but... I think that Chewie is just a touch more svelte than Hagrid, actually. And I know. I think that's fair. Yes. I think that's absolutely fair. Yeah, I think yes. we're, we I 100% agree with that. Right at the weight limit? I don't agree in a weight limit for this, but that's okay. <laughs> the rules are the rules. All right. Chewie, first of all, we know a remarkable co pilot, a remarkable team player. Gonna listen to the coaching, listen ah, to the officiating, know what the game plan is, but also knows how to respond to whatever's unfolding. Been in many battles. 
He's old. <laughs> I can count on Chewie to adapt to the circumstances. I love it. To play with unrivaled ferocity. I love it. To stop anything coming his way. Isn't going to mind if he has to take a, a bludger or two to any number of body parts. No. And then listen, if things get really out of hand, he's got a bowcaster should he need it. I'll just say that. Okay. Who are your two beaters? Chewy, I want, again, size. I want size. Sure. I want intimidation. You're building your lineup like Slytherin did. Yes, okay. exactly. Right. I want size. I want, I want you, when you take the field against us, I want you to be like, oh shit, we're in for a physical battle. I have Chewy. And Zeb from okay. Rebels. So I just okay. want two huge hulking okay. creatures as my beaters. I just want you to be like, listen, if we want to, if we're going to beat them, we're going to need to really, it's a fight, like an actual physical battle. And we're going to need to be as strong as they are. And I think with Chewie and Zeb as my beaters, I don't think you're beating me physically. I like the picks. I like the logic. The reason that I ultimately put Chewie at keeper instead of at beater is because I think that you have to account for what the roars do to anyone around him. So keeper, now he's moving around the hoops, but ultimately you know where Chewie is on the pitch. You know how to account for the stimuli that are coming from him, that are emanating from him. If he's a beater, he's flying around the pitch, and all of a sudden my seeker— Sees the snitch, and then there's a right behind. You lose focus. I can't. I, I can't have I, that I, again. I can't have that variance. Chewie has been in can't have so it. many space battles can't where there's it. things going. You know, like the hyperdrive's not working. You're getting shot at. Now all of a sudden, weird steam is exploding <laughs> out of the side of the ship, and C3PO's screaming. Like I, I think he's got it. I think he can focus. I think we're he fine. can focus, but is he a distraction to others because of the unpredictability? That's I, all. I, I, My beaters, sure. I'm going a, a, just a different direction here. I'm going for speed and agility in my beaters. I'm going with Poe and Sabine. I like this a lot. I think beater is a little bit of a waste of Poe's talents, but I, I like it. I consider putting Poe a chaser, okay. but here's the thing. How do you use those skills as a pilot? You get to wherever you need to be. And ultimately, chasers, while you need a lot of nimbleness, you know where you're going. You're going for the hoop, right? Beater has to be able to go anywhere. Anywhere that the bludger is or might be. Mm. Anywhere. You had to be able to save your teammates who need protecting, and you have to be able to direct the bludger toward the opposition. Poe, his change of direction, his ability to literally adjust on the fly, like he is a fly boy, and I think he'll be a great beater. Sabine? Fierce. Fierce. Fierce, fierce, fierce. Focused yeah. also. I'm putting Sabine out there, not only in the Quidditch robes, but in the Mandalorian armor. Okay. So I have the is extra- that legal? Yes. Okay. So I have the extra benefit of <laughs> should Sabine ever miss with the beater's bat, maybe you get a little bit of the armor in there. I like it. Extra protection and deflection from my beater wherever she needs to go. I think this is a great pick. Who are your three chasers? Now, I want to say here, I went minimal force users be- just because I feel right like- Right away, I know you've lost. Well, here's the thing. No magic allowed in Quidditch. And with the force users- I don't trust that they're not using it. Here's the thing. We know that this is technically the rule, right? But at the end of the day, Harry is, you know, wiping well, that, his that's, glasses that's, to that, deal that's, with the rain. That's, that's like passive. That's not an aggressive use of the force. Expecto Patronum okay. on Malfoy and Crab and Goyle. It can happen every now and then. You can, can get away with it. And I think that having force users at Chaser is absolutely essential because unlike whipping out your wand and casting your Patronus, 
You can use the force subtly and without Exactly. This is what I'm saying. It's like, we're just cheating out here. Listen, work with what you got and work within the confines of the rules until the the board specifically prohibits it. I will put force users as a chaser. Anyway, I do have Ray out there. Okay. (laughs) Because I think incredible uh, flyer, natural flyer. Yes. Um, Wonderful pick. Not so versed in the force yet where I have to worry about shenanigans. Then I have Maz. Mm-hmm. Also very adept in the air with a little jetpack yeah. and stuff. Force-sensitive like, being. Force-sensitive being. So you do have two force Strategic users. thinker is not going to be distracted by anything else that's going on. Add a left field pick here. This is crazy. Chopper. This is not Here's allowed. Here's the thing. Why? This is not allowed. Why? He doesn't need the broom. He just flies with his jets. That's part of why it's not allowed. It's absolutely allowed. Now, you know, I believe in droid rights. I think droids are people. But you're going to have to take this to the board for approval. Okay, well, let's send it up the chain. I think that, you know, if we're going to change the rules of Quidditch or at least get a ruling on whether droids with jetpacks are allowed to play, I would like to know. And, and anyway, I would pick him because, again, great team player. Is he? I mean, yes. he is. People love him, but he's he's got that attitude. Do you want that out on the pitch? I think it's going to be aimed at the other team. Questioning your game plan all the time. And all he's the got, time questioning He's got the plan. two little arms. Yeah, you're for gonna, grasping you're while get, he's flying, he can do and that. And to pass it, he can, I've seen him do other stuff. Now, Chopper's remarkable. Passing, I, love I him, think passing would passing be, is passing would be, is going to be difficult, but I think catching is going to be great. I listen. I would love to see him out there. And, I think he'd be great. He I, actually would be a good keeper. I think. No, he's okay. Too small. Quickly, you know my theory on this. I want size, size, size back there. <laughs> he's nimble. Okay, and fast. My three chasers. I went with powerful force users for all of my picks. And not only that, I went with people who know how to work together, who have bonds already. Went with Anakin, Luke, and Ahsoka. Okay? So I went with father and son and master and Padawan. There's going to be a lot of arguments out there. But at the end of the arguments, (laughs) at the end of the arguments, there's one thing and one thing only, Jason, and it is victory. The Quidditch Cup is mine. All three of these people, first of all, precocious, prodigious talent, advanced skill, excellent pilots. Okay, so they know how to maneuver what you need in your chasers. They want to play hero ball, which I actually want in my chasers. I want people who want to go get it done, but they know how to work well, specifically with Can each you other. They respect each other. And improvisational spirit, which is essential, essential in chasers. I want to be racking up the score before I even have to worry about your seeker, okay? Can you imagine the like anti- your team chants in the Quidditch arena. Kiss your sister. I, I'm not concerned after I see your torture seeker your- about my- what the chants are going to be for my team. Okay. okay? So Let's wanna- wrap this up. We're down to our final minute here. My seeker. seeker. This this is- is- you should be jailed. No. Okay. You should be jailed. Crazy pick, but hear me out. Sabalba. I hope As I- my seeker. I- here's, I- the- oh. here's the issue, right? What's the issue? The issue with- is that you pick Sabalba. What's the problem with the seeker? A traditional seeker only has the one hand to right. grasp and the snitch. And you want him to catch the cinch with his feet. Sabalba so has no. three. He's grabbing the broom he with one hold hand, the broom. foot or well, hand. He could use his crack to hold the broom. And now he's got so four ample. limbs to reach out for the snitch in any direction. But here's the thing. Now, I know that Sebulba is a professional athlete, you know, competes in the pod racing. And so I don't want to say that he's not interested in athletic pursuits, but he's not a team player. 
at all. He doesn't he's, have to be. He, like, he doesn't have to be. If Sebulba grew he's a, up. He's, it's a, he's an independent player within a team structure. No. If he, I understand that that's the, the benefit of putting him at Seeker, but if he grew up in the muggle world, like he plays tennis, right? That's it. He's not <laughs> playing a team sport at all. He doesn't want to work with people. His teammates would hate him. They'd absolutely he smells. Hate him. He he's, stinks. He's mean. He's a bully. Yes, but he'd be an incredible. Also, I really he believe he'd be incredible. Slaves. Okay, well, we would not la- allow that to happen. <laughs> Listen, Anakin, first of all, Anakin, legitimate war criminal on your team. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. I picked Anakin. I didn't pick Vader. My right. seeker bringing home my team. It's a good pick. And Great my pick. championship, sure. I think, is Ray. Great pick. Force user instincts. Sure. We saw before she even realized that she was going to be able to train, learn how to be a Jedi parkouring on the old Star Destroyer husk. She has the athletic ability. She has something else that you need in your seeker. Force of will. She wants it. She wants it more than anyone. People believe in her. People rally around her. Also, she has great eyesight. She's going to be able to spot that. Like, I have a force user, a seeker, and you have a fucking Sebulba. There's no way that Sebulba sees the snitch before Ray. No way. Yeah, but he can grab it. He can, first of all, Jason, good, Ray is going to zip it to her while he's the driving scratching a, his ass. He's driving a pod racer at like 500 miles an hour. The guy can, has good eyesight. Victory good is enough. mine. Victory is and mine. And he can grab the snitch with three out of four limbs at any given time. Your entire team is going to be infighting and falling to the bottom of the pitch because they're too heavy for their brooms. I will be soaring to victory, as will you. If you give State Farm a call, State Farm. I love it. Talk to an agent today at statefarm.com. Number nine, Moho Richter asks, if the entire music database of today existed in a galaxy far, far away, what do you think Han Solo would be cruising to in the Millennium Falcon? Bonus. This is great. Which artist would Chewie to in anguish when Han blasted their Music, what do you got? I think Chewie supports Han's choices. That's that's my take on that. Obviously, it goes without saying that they'd be listening to Dear Baby Yoda from Ringer Records, the smash hit, the sensation sweeping the nation. Other than that, I see Han listening to a lot of CCR. Interesting. A lot of Credence. I just have a very easy time envisioning him kicking up his feet and listening to Someday Never Comes, thinking about life, thinking about his father, thinking about what went wrong and what could still go right. Fortunate son, oh yeah. When he wants a little more energy, Bad Moon Rising, absolutely. And then I think for a change of pace every now and then, when he thinks no one's looking, Mm. he boots up Sheryl Crow and he listens to Strong Enough. Wow. Yeah. Strong Enough. Yes. He plays that to himself, thinking about whether he's worthy of Leia's love. What do you have? Um, I think that Han would listen to like Outlaw Country. So like (laughs) Robert O'Keen, The Road Goes On Forever, Party Never Ends, which is like a song about like a Bonnie and Clyde duo who go on a crime spree. I think that's his vibe. As for uh, Chewie, I think we saw from his captivity on Bespin when they were employing like black site sleep deprivation techniques against him. That isn't like, like, so I think like EDM. He's not into it. He doesn't like EDM. Yeah. And specifically like the more like Skrillexy kind of harsh, fragmented kind of EDM. I think that's astute. I don't think Han's playing much of that. I think, you know, honestly, I think Chewie listens to, like, fucking Enya. I love it. (laughs) Ten. At Kira Helen asks, 
If you were to make a clone army today, which top athlete would you choose to serve as a blueprint for your clones? I have one. Okay. I went with Messi. First of all, here's my issue with a lot of these picks. Mm-hmm. Too big. Yeah. Now all of a sudden we're spending so much money on armor. And, and, and also food. you do lose the ability for stealth at some point. Yeah, like I thought about Giannis. Yeah. He's too he's big. He's huge. He's the big. 6'11 guy yeah. coming at you, you in this You basically have armor. to eliminate the NBA players actually yes. here. Messi is like 5'6". But he might be, for the purposes of the entire army, is he too small? Because then you don't have any members of your army who have the size of a defensive end, basically. I, we're not in a wrestling match. Well, we're shooting people with are. blasts sometimes. But again, I have like 2 million of them. That's true. So they're just disposable they can, to you. A hundred percent. That's terrible. You're a monster. <laughs> you just, all right. Anyway, <laughs> then, so I'm going to go with Messi because of the ability to work within a team, mm-hmm. excels at teamwork, but also an incredible solo player when yeah. necessary. This is good. Unbelievable vision, mm-hmm. incredible footwork. So ability to like move well within the armor. And then again, like at five, six, five, seven, I'm saving trillions trillions of credits on armor. I don't have to make armor for like a seven foot, 225 pound guy. It's true. And I can throw that into weapons and ships and stuff. It doesn't ever feel like they're strapped for cash in terms of funding the <laughs> army supplies of, or the ships. I gotta say, I have a lot of questions about how the defense budget Still is happening to Dooku's like daddy fund. Did, did, yeah, like... I have a lot of questions. Okay, here's some of the athlete templates I considered. NFL, Lamar Jackson, okay. obviously. Derwin James, remarkable athlete. Yeah. Christian McCaffrey. That would be wild. Again, I do worry about like the size and the armor. It's a little big. Part of why I think McCaffrey is a really good pick is he's, I mean, he's extremely muscular and dense, but he's yeah. not tall, you know? So you have That's the, true. the compact frame. I think he's a, he's a really good pick. I considered, again, Giannis, LeBron and Russ from the NBA, but I just think we have to eliminate basketball players here. I, I agree. Similarly, my MLB pick was Stanton, but he's too big. He's too big. It's like, think about like a drop ship going into a hot zone. If I have Messi or if you have like Christian McCaffrey, yeah. you can have like Nimble. 20, 30 soldiers right. on that drop ship come out. If you have Giannis and LeBron, it's like you've, you're done. You have 15 of these guys on there, and they're all like ducking their heads. Now you got to be bigger ships. And we, I mean, we we know already that the stormtroopers hitting their heads is, it's an is, issue a, already. is a problem already. I consider Pogba for soccer That's players. A great one. Kepka for, for golfers. Oh I mean, he loves to pump the iron. He's like he very fit. Also a madman, which I think is the kind of energy I want. And then Serena. That's a good one. Which I think we have to think about. The goat. You get a long peak. Yes. Extremely exactly. long peak. In the prime yeah. for decades. Decades. Eight to 15 years? 15 year prime? And much like what you said about Messi, the ability to work alone yeah. or be a part of a unit. That's a great So pick. I'm down to Serena or Christian McCaffrey, mostly just because I don't want to clone Lamar because he's so special and precious. Right. That keep him, one of one. Keep your hands Keep him out of it. McCaffrey or Serena? I'm going to pick both of them. I yeah. can't choose. Number 11. Jay Compton, 11. Who is the most underrated character in Star Wars history? For me, it's Little Mouse Jordan. That turns and rolls away and when Chewie roars at it in New Hope. Hilarious. Impeccable comedic timing. Special shout out to these guys also in the gift of the Stormtroopers. I have the same exact pick as you. I I 100% agree. It's gotta be Captain Ramus Antilles. Yeah, he does, does so much. You talk about war. Oh my God. It's like does a lot with very little. Not to be confused, to be clear, with Wedge Antilles, mm-hmm. different characters. Remus Antilles, Captain Antilles, first of all, 
the captain who Bail Organa at the end of Revenge of the Sith hands over C-3PO and R2 and says, wipe C-3PO's memories. Now, we don't condone wiping droid memories, obviously, but just to establish that he's part of the prequel trilogy, he's part of the original trilogy, he's part of Rogue One, so he spans a lot of time, comes from the Alderaan conglomerate there, works with Bail, works with Leia, and that's really the key. So you know him from a couple other places in the films in addition to that Sith moment. He's the rebel soldier whom Vader strangles just a handful of moments into A New Hope while he's claiming that they're a consular ship on a diplomatic mission. And, and then, doesn't give it up, absolutely goes to his grave. Ride or die. Ride or die. Protecting Leia, protecting the cause. And then we get in Rogue One, we get to see the moments that lead to that and the role he plays. He's the one who hands Leia huge. the transmission. Huge. The Death Star plans, he lot. hands that over. And then we, we understand now that what he was doing in A New Hope was solidifying the importance of that moment. So in two trilogies plus an anthology film, plays a key role in helping Bale dies, literally dies to protect Leia. actually dies. And the cause, and literally helps save the galaxy by getting those plans into her hands. Huge. Absolutely huge. Number 12. Yes. Ben LaFort. What are your honest thoughts about George? There's a lot of criticism of George, but at the same time, he's created this amazing world. I think we're in agreement. Yeah. He created it. Yeah. The question is the answer there. The question is the answer. You can certainly pick some nits. You can pick some nits because this thing exists because he made it. Exactly. He gave us something that has enriched our lives, truly, has changed pop culture, changed the nature of consumption and fandom, and allowed us for now going on more than four decades to be able to share this thing that we love and talk about it. It is a great gift that he gave us. Absolutely. And I think something we both feel strongly about in general is that, again, while you can— express a lament about something. You don't have to agree with every choice. In general, not a fan of the let's tell creators how and when to create. Not a fan. Like with with everything that's going on with J.K. Rowling and the continued Mm -hmm. expansion of the Harry Potter universe, oh, stop doing the George Lucas thing now. It's like, she gave us Harry Potter. She can do whatever she wants and I will happily consume all of it for the rest of my life. Whether or not I love all of it is almost irrelevant. I want to keep living in these worlds that these people have built and we get to do that because they built them. Thank you, George. I wholeheartedly agree. And again, just to reiterate, something we've talked about a lot is George had to fight a lot of battles to bring this vision to the screen in production, with the people he was working with, with various executives, with his contemporaries who didn't understand what film he was making. And then to be able to birth this into the world is really just an incredible, it's an amazing achievement. And he should only be lauded for it. Thank you, George. We didn't hate it, truly. Loved it. Um, (laughs) Number 13. Abby Hamblett says, what Star Wars quote should I do for my senior quote in the yearbook? I'm trying to find something meaningful or funny as it unfortunately has to be appropriate because it is for school. (laughs) Abby knows us well, clearly. My first pick here, I tried to limit myself to three because you could could do 50 of these easily. Obi-Wan, you've taken your first step into a larger world. I think that it would be very apt for a yearbook quote, very thematically appropriate. You are at this point in your life where you have completed one journey, but it really is just the beginning. You know, it feels like the end, but thinking about it as the beginning, all of this stuff, these wonderful experiences and journeys in your life, that's still all ahead of you. First step into a larger world. What's your first pick? Yoda? Mm -hmm. Wars not make one great? No. Do you want to like go, do you want to go deep cut? (laughs) 
<laughs> Dark. For uh, but uh, then I also have another Yoda, pass on what you have learned. That's a great one. Yeah. I love that one. I had a Yoda one too, impossible to see the future is. Because I think that's a important thing to keep in mind and it's hard-won wisdom in life that not all of us are able to see. You know, we want to be able to figure everything out, plan it all, lock it all in, control everything. You can't always control everything. Sometimes you just have to roll with it. Impossible to see the future is. Yes, good. My final pick is from Shmi. You can't stop the change any more than you can stop the sun from setting, which, again, difficult to always accept. (laughs) But it is deeply true and really one of the great truths in life. You might want to be a creature of habit and a creature of routine. I'm certainly somebody who feels that way. But life changes. You change. The people Mm. around you change. And that's part of being alive. That's wonderful. My joke pick next was uh, power, unlimited power. (laughs) My good friend, Sheev. But actually, I'm going to go with Rio Chuchi from Clone Wars. I choose to live for my people. I love it. That's wonderful. Number 14. Ariana Giorgi. So far, The Mandalorian has been well-received. What would have to happen on or off the show for you to feel like they messed up? I'm worried that waiting too long to take off the helmet or doing too soon could hurt the viewer's image of Mando. Interesting. Okay. What do you think here? What could... Uh, Derail season one. I'm not worried about season one at all. I think for me, and this is, we said this in our episode about uh, Sanctuary chapter four of The Mandalorian. I do think at 30-ish minutes with kind of an adventure of the week format that a season has to be longer than eight episodes. Yeah. I just think you've got to go to like 15. It just feels like it's too short. At least 10 would be good. My thing here is just harming Baby Yoda in any way, which is... I almost don't want to talk about because I feel like they can't do it. They, it's actually at the point where hopefully that was never the intention. But even if it was, it's almost like they have to change the plan now. Like they'd have to go back and re-edit the end they of re-shoot. season one or something because people are so in love with him and he's so important to so many people. You know, again, he's not in The Force Awakens. He's not in The Last Jedi. So the question of where he is as the story continues is a real thing to think about. And either failing to account for how they answer that fully Mm -hmm. in a way that feels satisfying and sensical or answering it by eliminating him would just be devastating. And then I think kind of the other thing is just like maybe a little counterintuitive because again, Baby Yoda is the most important thing in the show. But there's a part of me that thinks that actually is enough. Like that people are so totally enraptured with him that you could just watch him forever and never get tired of it. But rationally... I think you just have to build up more of the other characters to make us invest in them. I think they're doing something very smart with Baby Yoda, which is using him as a um, a catalyst to bring out kind of the essential right. aspects of certain people's characters. Yes, we're really, seeing like, Mando's heart through how he responds to Baby Yoda. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that that, I agree with you, and I think that they're using LBY very smartly to do that. Yeah. And then I 100% agree with your last pick, which is how How does it work? How does the stuff in this story work? How do the tracking fobs work? I think that's crucial. We need to know that. We can't have at any point where it it feels like we've moved beyond. We're just entering the world and learning about it into we are wrapping this thing up where we have any kind of how do brands powers really work problem. We need to understand how the universe functions. How do the fobs work? You can't really build effective suspense if we don't understand how the fobs work. If they can just pop up anytime. Like, we the have to understand. classic Deus Ex Machina problem yes. in fantasy has exactly. to be avoided. 15. J. Sam Williams asks, if you had to replace Jason or Mal for one episode with the Star Wars character co-host, who would you partner up? Sure. Okay. My pick's for you, who I want to listen to you pod with. Yes. Palpy number one by a mile. I can't. Ugh. 
it would be miraculous. Which Palpy? I don't care. I'll take any of them. I want you with prequel Palpy. Just like so much fun, so much tood, so much snark would be wonderful. I'd also love to see you with Kylo because when we dropped our binge mode Star Wars announcement trailer, the scene of you and Kylo, the what? You know, that whole thing that you guys did together, you and Kylo, just like a great chemistry. I'd love to see more of it. And then I'd love to see you out there with Ventress. I think that would be great. You and Ventress would have Ventress Obi-Wan chemistry, I think. I crack that. I get her to crack a smile. I think I can do it. And then for me, I want to be with I want to be with Obi Wan, obviously. And I would love to podcast with Leia, and I would love to podcast with Finn. I think that I would have a lot of fun with Finn. Yeah, great energy, joyful. I I would love that. I personally do not think that I could podcast with Han Solo. I would not be able to concentrate. That's why he's my number one pick for you. (laughs) I would not be able to concentrate. It would be incredible to watch. There would be nothing to watch. It would be like uh, wouldn't be able to speak. I just think it'd be incredible. It'd be like that SNL sketch with. Chris Farley, like, interviewing people. What was that called? Like, where he's just like, hey, do you remember, like, when you were hot that one time? Like, (laughs) do you remember when that happened? I just think that would be incredible. Ewan McGregor, you're Obi-Wan. Let's get him to grow the beard out. Please. Uh, And then I would also like to see you with (laughs) Pelvey. I would love it. Pelvey is a a great, would be a great co-host. Oh, my God. He'd be phenomenal. You put him in front of a mic and he is just Running with and it. you and you also know that when you say co-host to him, he gets so mad. Oh my god! He's like, no, 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 no. Rule of I one. am the host. Rule of one. You are Palpy. the co-host. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then for myself, I would also like to host with Leia. That'd be fun. Maz, I think, would be great. So smart and just like a Wonderful. real fun attitude. And then like. Let's get Chopper out here again. Real personality. I love what Chopper. What a Chopper heavy pod for I you. I, I support great. it. I think Chopper's amazing. Chopper would be a great conversationalist. He'd have some controversial takes. Really but he hot also takes. Wouldn't be afraid to put them out there into the world. Agreed. You give Chopper a Twitter and he's just like. Forget about it. Oh you pro- he'd probably get canceled. <laughs> he would. He'd yeah. get a few tweets out there and then he'd get canceled. It's like milkshake Chopper. <laughs> <laughs> well, friends, no one's going to find us here. Just like we keep telling Isaac Lee and Zach Cram, our indispensable producer and researcher. We hope that you had as much fun as we did today, that you're as excited as we are to hop back into the speeder. Yeah. Continue to explore the galaxy. And that you'll join us again next time. Until then, remember, don't touch anything. Do not. We'll find us some lodging and we'll come back for you. All right, bonus. Alex Burr says, can we please have a Luke and Leia kiss scene in George R. R. Martin's voice? Luke, lay on the gurney. <laughs> Strength flowing back into his body after the back bath. His friends came to see him. Leia was there in her white parka, form-fitting. She looked incredible. Something about her was familiar, yet enticing. <laughs> she was arguing with Han about whether or not she liked him or had feelings for him or even wanted to be around him. And in exasperation, she leaned over and kissed Luke on the lips. Gross. Her mouth opened just a little. (laughs) The slight smell of spotchka on her breath. C-3PO came clanking up, looked at them in absolute surprise. And Luke, his saber now ignited, leaned back and fell into ecstasy. <laughs>